0: Welcome back, listeners. On this episode, I spoke to writer Katie Brand about her work on Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. The film stars Emma Thompson and Daryl McCormick. During our discussion, we chatted about the idea of where this film came to be, pushing the limits on the script, working with director Sophie Hyde, and much more. I just wanted to first start out by saying... Um how fantastic um, I thought this film was. Um, I really haven't seen anything quite like this before. Um, And being someone who is queer, um, it sort of, I don't know, it brought a different perspective to me because for so long you just, you never talk about sex, you never talk about pleasure. What does that mean to you? And so it just, it brought a whole different sort of fold into the mix, which, I absolutely loved. And so I just, I wanted to congratulate you on that and just the whole film in general.
1: Thank you very much. That's really good to hear, thank you.
0: Of course. Um, And so I guess my first question for you is where did this idea come to be?
1: Um, Well, the initial idea was uh, like just for the opening scene and I'd had that idea, just that vision of it for some years. sort of rolling around in my head while i did other things and other work and uh, this notion of this woman this older woman who's finally plucked up all her courage to do this thing and book this young guy and she's in the hotel and it's actually happening and she's terrified now and he's about to arrive and then there's a knock at the door and then he it's opened and then it begins and i've never really got beyond that but i knew that it had all these possibilities in it for themes that i'm interested in like why do we feel ashamed of pursuing our pleasure when it doesn't harm anyone else? Why do we have this guilt associated with it? We squash down our desires. We feel embarrassed and ashamed of them and what that might do to a person over a lifetime. We just keep doing it until there's a kind of eruption. Um, and then I've also always been interested in um, people who managed to push through that barrier um, and come out the other side. So in Leo, I was just interested that he had this early sense of shame about his sexual pleasure and then had evolved and kind of reinvented himself with this philosophy about pleasure and and this vocational side of sex work. Um, Particularly I'd read in the past about countries where sex work is legal, where some sex workers have like clinics and practices and, and sort of see a vocational side to it as a kind of philosophical element to it for some specific people. So all of those things were just kind of felt like exciting things. So I just finally sat down to write a draft in January, 2020 and just sort of got it all out, started to hear these two characters talk to each other. And and as I heard them talk to each other, they started to make me laugh and I just enjoyed that. And I started to enjoy them making each other laugh and the intimacy that would come from that. and just sort of, I know, I honestly, when I was writing that draft, never thought anyone would see it. <laughs> so I was just writing whatever I wanted. Um, and it was very freeing. Mm-hmm.
0: And were there, I mean, two people that you were having in mind while you were writing this?
1: No, although although Emma Thompson was an inspiration in the sense that I started to hear her voice delivering the lines of Nancy and and the way that she would deliver them, and that alone started to make me laugh. You know, enjoying the idea of her delivery and how brilliant that would be. And then that became a kind of inspiring voice in my head, like a sort of muse. Um, but no, in terms of, I mean, Nancy is a character that's a kind of woman in the UK, that in England particularly, that's very familiar to me and was to Emma. And um, you know, I could easily have become Nancy. You know, there's millions of women who lead these sort of lives where they just get involved in the local community and are volunteer for anything and you know nothing's ever too much trouble but they're pushing their own needs down all the time because they feel bad about it um and so that was a kind of amalgamation of lots of different people and um and leo i mean i have a background in stand-up comedy and um i've always noticed that in particularly amongst comedians who tour a lot they have this very easy way of connecting with people um, and that they actually enjoy connecting making sort of fleeting strong connections with people then moving on to the next town and that sort of talent for doing that and also the professional side of being a comedian where you go out on stage and you do your thing and you do it well no matter what's happening in your personal life but you have to go on and put that front on and so the idea of Leo being very proud of his profession and being really good at it and putting his own kind of background aside in order to deliver a good job was something I had encountered as a comedian weirdly, Uh, And so I think I drew on that a bit. So yeah, I mean, all characters that you write start as you, little bits of you, and then as you write them, I think they get further and further away from you until they're kind of standing on their own two feet and they become things in themselves. And so um, that's what happened with this for sure.
0: Yeah. And I mean, was there ever a moment where you're like, oh, I've gone too far in terms of like what I'm writing? Or was it just like, I'm just going to plop down. I'm just, I'm going to get everything I want out there um, and just just put it out for the world.
1: I never thought I'd gone too far with the language. Um, but weirdly, there was in the first draft, Sophie and I laugh about this, but there was almost no sets on camera. None, I think. It would always be they'd finish talking and something would be about to happen and the camera would pan off. I mean, there's still a bit of that, but there wasn't even a proper sex scene written in. And I always had this weird sense, like as the characters become more real to me when I'm writing, I get this odd feeling that I need to protect their privacy. Almost <laughs> like a, I don't want. No, no, we don't need to see that. That's just for them sort of thing. And. And it, Sophie did say, look, we are making a film here and we do need to see some of this and it will d- be done well and you don't need to worry about it. Like, it's, it'll be all good. Um, and so, again, so coming from comedy, like, I've I've seen sex discussed in a much more full-on way than in the film and, you know, I'm, that it was a currency in, in the kind of comedy environment I was in a lot. So this didn't feel like anywhere near <laughs> as full-on as some of the stuff you know, I've seen in clubs or even performed in clubs, maybe. But, but yeah, I, I had this weird prudishness about actually seeing them do it. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I was, I was actually pushed more on the physical side in terms of what appeared on screen. And I'm really glad because it would have been a bit ridiculous to not have any. <laughs>
0: <laughs> As they start to kiss, it just pans away. No, yeah, just... it
1: was a bit like that. <laughs>
0: That's so interesting. Um, and I, mean, I was just
1: interested in the conversations they were having. I was interested in the dialogue. That's what I was getting off on. I think that's what I was enjoying seeing flower and emerge and bloom. And I just felt like, oh, now they have sex and it's a given. But let's let's carry on with the talking. You know, I'm just a very verbal person, so I didn't really know what to do when the talking stopped.
0: <laughs> well, no, I, I think it worked out perfectly. So no <laughs> worries there whatsoever. Um, But can you talk to me about your collaboration with Sophie and how involved she was in the process?
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone sort of came to it just off that first draft that I wrote myself um, in January. But we all knew there was work to do. You know, it was a slightly awkward length and I wasn't happy with the ending, but I didn't quite know what to do with it. Um, And so she came in and, and we were very... I think Um, I felt straight away that we were on the same page in terms of the kind of film, how it should look, how it should feel to watch it. And uh, obviously the comedy was really important. It was really important that it was funny um, and so on. And she just sort of gave me just fantastic notes. And we talked a lot that we had to do it all quite fast because we had a quite tight window. So we went through about 11 drafts and it was a lot of back and forth. But I found it so enjoyable having someone, you know, who wasn't British, like, who brought an international flavour to it, a completely different view of Nancy and and a different view of Leo. And I was really glad about that, that it didn't sort of get too involved with its own Britishness. Like, I think it was so important to have that international flavour brought to it. And I just wanted to hear, like, what Sophie had to say and what her thoughts were on the characters. And I was always happy to try anything, you know, as we could just try it write it in and then take it out again. Um, If it didn't work. Um, So, yeah, I found it just a really enriching, um, creative relationship. And she really opened out this sort of I got a bit stuck on the idea that it had to be three acts, three meetings. And, you know, the, the key was when she just said they could just meet the fourth time. I was like, oh, (laughs) yes. (laughs) So um, (laughs) Then suddenly there was all this space to kind of bring in some other stuff. I wanted to have that scene in a cafe, but I'd never been able to work out where to put it in. And, you know, like suddenly it just opened out. So, yeah, she was great. And also, you know, once I'd handed it over and the script was locked and I was backing off, you know, she... She just knew how to move them around that space and tell the story so that it wasn't too static and I think she and Brian the cinematographer just created a very subtle and very clever journey around that one room that you kind of are aware of the flow as you watch but you can't quite see the joints you know I think they did a really smart job on that
0: yeah and then I mean final question for you I mean what do you hope that audiences take away from this
1: um well, the kind of films that I loved watching when I was younger and that have stayed with me are the films that made me feel excited and a bit invincible at the end, you know, like I could do anything. Like just even just for a bit, you have that glow around you for an hour or so where you just think, oh, where's the adventure? I want to do something. I want to change things. I want to take control of my life. I want to, you know, pursue some some stuff. So I, I think if people feel uplifted and have that just that fizz of that little bit of invincibility about, like, I could make things happen in my life, then... And i'd be very happy because that's what my favorite films do for
0: me yeah well katie i want to thank you so much for your time today i know you have a crazy schedule that's okay. um, but uh, i just want to say thank you and i mean job well done on such a fantastic film and I, I can't wait to see what you do next thank you all for listening this episode was edited and produced by me jackson vickery graphics were done by dylan michael And the opening and closing theme were done by Sterling Gavinsky.